0: Zach Wilson and it goes to Corey Davis down the middle. He's got it. Elijah Moore, the 20, the 10, the five,
1: touchdown. Jones has just caught flat-footed. What an excellent, excellent route. Bill hit immediately. He got the handoff. You know the q Oh my gosh! Listen, thank you.
0: From the playlikeajet.com digital studio. This is Play Like A Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at Play Like A Jet 1. And it is time to talk about day number one at the NFL Scouting Combine in Indianapolis. And so for that, we bring in our friend, who's our man on the scene in Indy right now, over at the Scouting Combine, George Bremer, who covers the Colts for CNHI Sports and the Herald Bulletin in Anderson, Indiana. George, this is an interesting event because last year, as we talked about last week, there wasn't a traditional scouting combine. Now we go back to it. But the first big news is who's not there because there are some coaches and executives that are not going to be at this, including Robert Sala. According to Peter Schrager, Sala is not going to be there because the team got a look at a lot of these prospects at the Senior Bowl. They've got work to catch up on after being away for a week in Mobile. And so Sala will be in on all the meetings virtually, but he won't actually be at the Combine in Indianapolis. You and I were talking before we started recording. This seems like the beginning of a trend, George, because this is something that I think a lot of teams realized last year. They don't necessarily have to be there. The medicals, what can they really do about that? That's the doctors and everything, taking a look at charts and such. And then as far as interviews, all that can be done on Zoom. So I think we may be seeing the beginning of what will develop into something new within the league. It's a copycat league. We know that. Last year, this seemed to work. Maybe more and more general managers and coaches veer in this direction.
1: Yeah, I think the Jets are one of at least five teams that I've heard of. That at least the head coach is not going to be here. Uh, the reigning Super Bowl champs, the Rams aren't sending the head coach or the general manager, Uh, you know, and we talked about this a little bit off before we recorded too. Um, You know, there's, there's a sense, and I think there's something to it, that maybe the Senior Bowl has a little more importance these days because when you look at that event, you know, you get to watch these kids in a full week of practice they're they're being run by nfl staffs they're you know you get to see them go through what they'll go through at the at the pro level here they're going to run a few track events for a couple hours you know which of those two things do you put more stock in now granted there there are people here who are not eligible for the senior bowl and it's not apples to apples but i do think you know like you said i think teams learned a lot during the pandemic uh, one of the things they learned is that they can do some of these things remotely and hey, you can save money. More importantly, you can save time. you know there's things that you've got to do. Uh, if you just have to mark out a few hours in your day to do zoom with with the prospects here, that's a lot different than being down here all day and you know watching the drills. and I'm sure there are things that you can do. It's a busy off season for everybody. And I wonder too, how much a 17 game schedule plays into this? You know it's later. Uh, combine's a week later just like everything else the Super Bowl is a week later everything's a week later now uh, it's closer to free agency maybe that's part of this too you know people gotta you wanna make sure that that game plan is is where you want it to be because the off season officially begins March 16th you know we're looking at what 15 days from right now so if there's something you feel like you're gonna be, get more value you know not being here I can see. I can see where teams make that decision
0: And now we're seeing a lot of prospects sort of line up with that, too, where they're not going to be there. There is a significant number who have decided not to participate. Justin Ross, the wide receiver from Clemson, he's recovering from foot surgery, so he's not really in that category, but he won't be there. He's going to work out at his pro day. We're hearing Purdue defensive end George Karloftis is still mulling a decision whether or not to actually be there and work out. Michigan running back Hassan Haskins is only going to bench. He's recovering from lower leg injuries. And now we're hearing Derek Stingley Jr., the cornerback out of LSU, one of the top 15 prospects on most boards, isn't going to be working out. Evan Neal, who very well could be the number one overall pick in the draft, the offensive tackle, he's not going to work out. Matt Corral, the quarterback out of Ole Miss, he's not going to throw. Jeremy Ruckert one of the better tight ends in this class. He's not going to work out either. So it's not just the general managers and the coaches who are starting to pass on this. It's a few of the players as well. And you were talking about this before we started recording with me, George. It's crazy, but with Evan Neal, you hear Neal and Hutchinson, Neal and Hutchinson in that race for the number one pick. Now that could obviously change. I think Ika Makwanu could end up in the discussion, certainly. But right now... It seems to be focused on Neal and Hutchinson. Hutchinson's going to be there at the Combine. He's going to work out, do the traditional route. Evan Neal will not. If Evan Neal still goes number one, as you said to me earlier, that tells you a lot about where the Combine is heading and what executives and coaches actually think of the process. And to puncture this point home, too, Duke Manyweather, who is probably the best-known private offensive line coach, tweeted this out. After seeing the 2020 Combine, specifically the offensive line drills, I don't blame coaches for being vocal now and not attending. It was the worst crap I've ever seen. Drills were pointless. Anything you need to see from an offensive lineman is on tape. So we've heard all the time about how important these drills are and getting a look at these guys in person. But maybe you can just do that at the pro day, and you can interview these guys at the pro day too. So I guess in some way, George, it's possible that we're heading into a new frontier here.
1: Yeah. You know, and we've been heading that way for a little while. I mean, it started with the quarterbacks for years. The quarterbacks, the top guys have not thrown here. They've chosen to wait and out their pro day. You know, maybe they'll run, maybe they'll lift, maybe they'll do some of the other things that, that go on here. They'll certainly go and do the interviews uh, and the medical checks, but they don't necessarily get out there on the field. I mean, that's been going on for ages. Um, and and i think it's just starting to bleed into other positions and a lot of it has to do with what you're talking about i mean if no matter with the quarterbacks it was always well i'm throwing to guys i don't know i'm throwing routes that maybe don't highlight my my strengths you know i'm not doing what i want to do i go to the pro day i choose my receivers i script that that passing tree you know it's that's where it started with them and i think a lot of the other positions are starting to feel the same way hey look i can go to my pro day i can be on my campus I can control the whole environment to a certain degree. You know, I can script what that workout is. I can show them what I want to show them. I come to the combine. It's a different situation. You know, it's guys you don't know, and it's and it's going to be interesting to see. I don't know, you know, what weight will be put on this. When you see some of the head coaches not being here too, uh, I think it's kind of telling where, they, where they're leaning. But there is still something to be said for a kid like Aiden Hutchinson, who, you know, turned around Michigan's program uh, by all accounts is, is a big, leader uh, for him to have that competitive drive to come out here and and even if you know the drills may not be what they used to be he's still going to go and and he's going to you know put the tape out there and it'll be interesting to see which teams weigh that and how it's weighed and i'm sure it's like everything else in this league it's going to vary greatly from one franchise to the next you're going to find a team that says i don't care you know i i wasn't there either uh, and you're also going to find a team that says, no, nah, I want that guy that, that wants to compete at every opportunity. It'll be really interesting to see how that plays out, especially as the league tries to turn this into a bigger and bigger show. You know, I mean, it's on prime time now. Uh, it'll be second time in three years, second straight combine we've actually had where the drills are on in prime time. They're going to put the bidding process out after this season. It's going to travel around like the draft does. Uh, it's just, it's a very interesting situation where you have the league trying to make more and more of this event and the coaches and, and the players may be playing it down more than ever before. So uh, yet yeah, another thing to to keep your eye on this. This league's never dull. Play like a jet. Play like a jet.
0: George, it's going to be an interesting push and pull going forward with the combine because as you said, the league is trying to make it into this big event, but a lot of the coaches and executives and even the players as we're seeing ...are not so keen on doing it the way that it's been done in the past, sort of reminds me a little bit of what Greg Popovich has become famous for in the NBA. He'll leave a lot of his star players at home sometimes on road trips to rest them, which infuriates the league and certainly infuriates fans on the road because when they go to these games, they're paying to see stars and then they get there and you're seeing nothing but bench players, that's sort of where we could be headed with the NFL, where they might have to rein this in a little bit and tell these coaches and players you got to go to this thing because if we're trying to sell it, how are we going to sell this to TV and to the people at home if people aren't going and coaches don't really seem to put the same significance on it as they used to?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, let's be honest. There's a class of players that this is always going to be important for. Some of the guys that we were talking about, last week on the preview especially the small school guys uh somebody who has an injury that they can now perform with you know a lot of these guys that aren't going as has been in the past they're not going because they're not 100 Uh, but if you are and you weren't earlier in the process you want to get out there you want to show everybody look i'm fine i can still put up these numbers you know it's going to be really interesting because i think it, it it's like anything else it's not one size fits all you know if you're evan neal you definitely can skip the combine Maybe it costs you number one overall. Maybe it doesn't. It's definitely not going to drop you out of the first round, you know. But if you're coming here from a D two school, you know, or a non Power Five school, and you probably can't, you know, and I, and I don't think that's going to change. I think it, it might just, you know, like you said, it might change from the stars to to the bench players. There's always going to be a class of player that needs this event.
0: George, let's talk about some of the players that are not there That are getting some talk anyway We mentioned before that Matt Corral is not going to be throwing And this is arguably the weakest quarterback class that we've seen since 2013 When the only first-round quarterback was E.J. Manuel Who went in the middle of the first round to the Buffalo Bills And I'm sure that many Bills fans would say that that was a mistake In fact, the second quarterback off the board, Geno Smith, to the Jets Sure, a lot of Jets fans would say that that was a mistake as well. So I don't know that this class is quite as weak as that one, but it's shaping up to be perhaps the first one in a long time with no quarterback in the top 10. And with that in mind, eyes and ears turn to the veteran market. And you said that early on in Indy, A lot of the talk has been about where things are potentially going in the veteran quarterback market. We saw a report yesterday that there are several teams that are interested in Mitchell Trubisky to come in and compete for a starting job and maybe see him as a possible legitimate starter, which to me is crazy because if you've watched Mitch Trubisky, at this point you have enough film on him to know what he is. But it kind of shows you how desperate these teams are, and what they really think of this quarterback class. Because if they thought anything of it, they wouldn't be trying to talk themselves into people like Mitchell Trubisky, right?
1: That absolutely, the case. Uh, you know, I think we talked about this too. To me, the most telling thing is you've got the Detroit Lions sitting there at number two, with all the capital they could they could ask for, thanks to their trade uh, with the Rams. And you don't hear a single peep about a quarterback there. Now, maybe at the bottom of the draft, like like you said, the top of the second round, potentially uh, th- they'll come into play. But that tells you, I mean, when you look at the importance of this position across the league and the way that those players are always pushed up the board, the fact that you don't even hear a whisper about one of them going to Detroit says it all to me. Uh, and then you add into that the fact that Mitchell Trubisky is drawing significant free agent interest. You know, there might be a bidding war for Jimmy Garoppolo here in the next couple of weeks. This is what we're dealing with. You know, a lot of that comes down to obviously what Aaron Rodgers and and Russell Wilson end up doing. Uh, You know, I think that's going to be the dominoes that finally set this market one way or another, but the fact of the matter that you've got guys like Mitchell Trubisky, Jimmy Garoppolo being discussed as, major acquisitions this offseason tells you all you need to know and it's also part of why this combine i think has less glitz i guess than 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 years past you don't have those quarterbacks at the top of the draft there's a certain amount of people just kind of tune out you know it's just the way just the way that it works i think it's big in the trenches uh everything you hear especially the offensive tackle class and the edge rusher class. Uh, You know, that's why those positions are being talked about at the very top of the draft. There'll probably be several, both in the top 10 Uh, and it's a deep receiver class again, but I think that's going to be the case for the foreseeable future. That's where the college game has gone. I think with seven on seven and and the way these college offenses are playing the receivers every year, you're seeing really, really strong groups of receivers come out. I don't think that's going to change, but you know, that, that top, marquee position, it just isn't there this year.
0: What's interesting to me at quarterback, and I'm sure you're hearing whispers about this too, is not only are we hearing about Mitchell Trubisky, and Jimmy Garoppolo, but also what's going on with Deshaun Watson. At this moment, his case is still up in the air. Nobody knows exactly what's happening there. If he gets cleared, he's not going back to Houston, where does he wind up? And now, an unexpected name could be in the mix with Kyler Murray, because Kyler Murray's agent comes out with this weird statement, this whole long Written statement that he put up on Twitter About how Kyler Murray wants to be The Arizona Cardinals quarterback But wants to be paid appropriately Which to me almost reads like a Pay me or trade me demand And so I don't know what's going to happen there There's been some talk that The organization in Arizona is not all that thrilled with him So maybe he winds up in the mix Listen, Arizona's been known to do some crazy stuff Remember, they took Josh Rosen at number 10 overall And a year later, they dumped him on the Miami Dolphins And took Kyler Murray at number 1 overall So anything could happen there in Arizona I wouldn't put anything past Cliff Kingsbury and the guys that are there Remember, Kingsbury is in survival mode right now So things don't go the way that he's hoping in 2022 he could be in a lot of trouble if there's trouble in paradise with kyler murray perhaps the cardinals shop him and because the quarterbacks in this draft are so weak compared to other years you would think that somebody like kyler murray would draw a pretty heavy price in return so i would imagine that there's gotta have been some whispers too about murray and watson among the other quarterbacks being talked about like trubisky and jimmy garoppolo right
1: oh absolutely i think the big thing with Watson and what's going to really complicate things is, you know, it sounds like there may not be any kind of resolution on whether or not he's going to have criminal charges until April. And so at that point, you know, people have pretty set on their draft plan. They've gone through the the bulk of free agency. They're still going to be suitors. There's no question about it, but it's just bad timing. And I think it's he's got to be more of a plan B for people because of that. You know, you've got to try and see you can do one of these other things first. Uh, and then maybe in April, you can come back and, and circle back to that. So I think that's going to make that a really interesting situation. Murray's sort of similar. You know, you got to find out just how serious he is, how serious the Cardinals are. And if you're Arizona, you know, it better be truly irreconcilable differences because as we talked about with the barren landscape in the draft, and you know, guys like Mitchell Trubisky and Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota being at the top of the free agent market, if you deal them, uh you better be really you know ready to to probably suffer the consequences in 2022 and you better have a really good plan for 2023
0: George some other quick notes here from around the NFL It looks like there's a possibility that N'Kobe Dean, the outstanding linebacker from the University of Georgia, not going to make it to the Combine, so we'll keep our eye on that. According to Armando Salgaro over at OutKick, he's saying that the Patriots are set to meet with Ohio State's Chris Olave, Alabama's Jamison Williams, and Arkansas's Traylon Burks, three of the top receivers in this draft. That clearly makes a lot of sense because the Patriots could use an upgrade there for their young quarterback, Mac Jones. Having said that, even if those guys make it to number 21, it would not shock me in the least if the Patriots ended up picking some sort of blue-chip defensive prospect if one is on the board. Jordan Davis from Georgia or Devontae Wyatt from Georgia would make a lot of sense there, and so would Devin Lloyd or the aforementioned Kobe Dean if they make it to number 21. And then Stephen Jones, who's more or less running the show in Dallas now, Jerry Jones' son, was very noncommittal about Amari Cooper's spot on the Dallas Cowboys roster in 2022. And in fact, there have been multiple reports that the Cowboys are strongly leaning towards moving on from Amari Cooper. I've said this many times, George. I don't know exactly what the price would be, but I think he would be a great target for the Jets. You and I have discussed this many times, and I've talked about it on the show Getting a proven number one caliber wide receiver in this Jets offense should be a high priority for Joe Douglas because it will really help Zach Wilson's development. Tommy Griffin Krantz wrote a great piece about this over at playlikeajet.com about what Cooper even did for Dak Prescott, for example. You go back to Carson Wentz with Alshon Jeffrey, DeAndre Hopkins with the aforementioned Kyler Murray, numerous examples of this. You don't want to go out and pay an exorbitant in price Giving up a first round pick plus But if you can get Somebody like Amari Cooper For a lower price Who would cost you $16 million Which is no big deal That's what the acquiring team would have to pay When you consider the quality of receiver that he is Brandon Cooks $13 million, also nothing if you can get him from Houston for a reasonable price. I'd even consider Calvin Ridley, depending on what the price is. And if you're comfortable with him mentally, that's a whole different story. I think that's preferable to getting a receiver in the top 10 of the 2022 draft because those guys tend to take some time to develop. You're usually not looking at a guy who's going to make an immediate impact. In fact, of the last 40 wide receivers that have been drafted high, only four have have had a 1,000 yards in their first season. You saw this firsthand, George, with Reggie Wayne. Now, the Colts didn't have to go out and acquire him. He was already there, but he did a lot for Andrew Luck's development. So you can speak to that from watching it firsthand. I'm curious to see where this wide receiver market shakes out, and I want to see if you hear some buzz about this throughout the week because I would think this would also be a very interesting topic for people to discuss at the Combine.
1: Uh, The receivers are always going to be interesting because there are so many, you know, in this draft and uh, you get a guy like Jamar Chase who comes on the the scene and and, and breaks records and Justin Jefferson the year before him and people start to wonder, you know, can receivers do it quicker? They're still the exception, though. You know, it still looks – it's still more like the Michael Pittman model here in Indy where, you know, okay, rookie year, injuries had something to do with that, then he breaks out in year two. So if you want that immediate impact, you're still – Better off going into that veteran route. Uh, you know, Reggie Wayne was essential to Andrew Luck for his first couple of seasons here, but he was also really big in the development of Ty Hilton. I'm not sure that Ty Hilton becomes a player that he eventually did if he doesn't spend, you know, his first two, three, four years in the league with Reggie Wayne. So it's I think it's just important for the entire roster, but it's also interesting with that market because when you have so many trade options, you know, and you have several really good options on the trade market. Will that drive the price down? Will that help a team trying to acquire somebody like Amari Cooper? Because it's sort of the opposite of the quarterback situation. You know, you you have almost an embarrassment of riches when it comes to receivers. There's a lot of guys available. You can go get trade. There's a lot of guys people feel really strongly about in this draft. Almost the exact opposite of the quarterback situation. And I think it's going to make it really interesting. Whereas a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo's price may go up because he might end up being one of the top two or three guys available at that position. A guy like Amari Cooper's price may go down because, you know, supply and demand.
0: Absolutely. Supply and demand is the name of the game. And I think we're going to hear a lot more about these receivers. And clearly, we're going to hear a lot of talk about the quarterbacks, too. I expect some whispers about impending free agency, too, George. So we'll have a lot to talk about throughout the rest of the week. Plus, of course, the main attraction, which is the prospects that are there, interviews, which teams are talking to who, the workouts, what we find out in terms of weigh-ins and who's really as big as they were claiming to be and who's a lot smaller than what they were claiming to be. So much that we're going to be able to sink our teeth into this entire week. And I'm really glad that my friend George Bremer of CNHI Sports and the Herald Bulletin in Anderson, Indiana, is going to be along for the ride throughout the entire week with me. George, thanks so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. For those that want to check you out on social media and read your written recaps of everything that's going on at the Combine in Indy, how can they get a hold of you on social media and how can they check out your work?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Check me out at GM Brimmer on on Twitter, and uh, I will be at haroldbolton.com. That's the easiest place to find all my stories. It's going to be, I think, as we talked about, I think it's going to get a lot meatier and a lot more interesting as this week goes on. Uh, Tends to all the time, you know, and I I think think that veteran quarterback market, I think the receiver situation, I think that's going to dominate a lot of the talk this week.
0: Without question, that's going to dominate a lot of the talk, but there's going to be so much that we're going to get into the rest of the week. You're going to want to be listening to the show and reading what George is doing. So follow him on Twitter at GM Bremer, and he'll have everything there with links and all of that. Also, check out everything we've got up at the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel and playlikeajet.com. Luke Grant, the thunder from down under, has got some fantastic videos up including a breakdown of mod Sauce Gardner. Would he be a good pick for the Jets at number 10 if he's available there? Luke breaks down the all 22. I've even got the first installment of the Play Like a Jet Mock Draft version 1.0. We're going to do it in tens and it's going to be four parts. 1 through 10, 11 through 20, 21 through 30 and 31 through 40. We've got 1 through 10 up there right now, so you can see who I have the Jets taking. Spoiler alert, there may be some trades involved. Go ahead and watch the video and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. Visit our store, teepublic.com. That's teepublic.com. We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quinn Williams, bless you, thank you shirt. The Zach the Ripper shirt The Zach Says Go Long shirt The Play Like a Jet logo shirt Mugs, hats, hoodies, it's all there That's TeePublic.com That's tepublic.com, And make sure to give us a 5 star review for the podcast on iTunes If you haven't done that already Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money But it goes a long way to help us out So if you could go ahead and do that for us We'd be quite grateful And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcast and content You know where to go That's Play Like a Jet Digital and Play Like a Jet dot com.